Chapter 26 of Paul, a Herald of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Paul, a Herald of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 26 Sent Forth. In Antioch, life was flowing in the old channels. Men still trafficked and fought, loved and hated cursed and prayed the strong yet trampled the weak underfoot and stifled their wails of anguish in shallow paupers graves a never-ceasing babble of awful sounds an ever-shifting phantasmagoria of frightful suffering and not less frightful gaiety into which as into a resistless whirlpool flowed a perpetual tide of white speechless souls out the hither darkness and out of which drifted a dark cloud of the lost lost because unwittingly they had lived. Such was Antioch. To this Antioch returned the two men, who believed that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son for its salvation, who believed that a certain Jesus of Nazareth, a Jew like themselves, poor, obscure, despised, even by his own nation, and hounded at last to a shameful death, was the incarnate deity drawn by pure love and pity down from the unimaginable reaches of an unseen heaven, who believed that in this God-man lay the eternal remedy for eternal woe, comfort for sorrow and bitter crying, healing for sickness and wounds, life more abundant for hopeless death, a mighty, everlasting, unsearchable, unknowable love, strong enough to lift the wretched wailing world in its arms as would a mother. Like Moses, they had looked upon this love, and their faces shone. In Antioch they gathered about them those who had also seen. It is for you to spread the glad tidings in this place, they said, but we must go forth whither. The Spirit leads us. Yet they tarried a while to fast and to pray, lest happily they might have mistaken the yearning of their own hearts for the word from on high. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them, came the command. So when the brethren had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands upon them, in token that thus were they set apart for the work, as yet only dimly comprehended by any of them. Three men, for they took with them the young John Mark, against a world, Three men in the eyes of the world, a band too feeble, too utterly insignificant to marry even a laugh of scorn, yet sent forth by the Holy Spirit, girt about with power irresistible, attended by legions of angels, led by the cloudy, fiery pillar no less truly than the Israelites of old. Three men, and with them walked yet another, and the form of the fourth was like the Son of God." At Seleucia, sixteen miles from Antioch, the little company took ship for the island of Cyprus, and there in the city of Salamis tarried for a time that they might preach the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. Sergius Paulus, the Roman governor of Cyprus, was universally acknowledged to be a prudent man. A brave man he unquestionably was, and by virtue of this quality he held sway over beautiful Cyprus, living like a petty king in his palace at Paphos, surrounded by lesser officials, courtiers, and sycophants, who vied with one another in fawning upon the great men of the country. To this Paphian court there came one day a wretched, half-starved Jew. 
I'm a wise man, noble Roman, he whined coaxingly to the guard who interrogated him concerning his business in the neighborhood of the proconsular residence. I can look far into the future and tell what will befall a man. For thyself, honorable sir, I see, ah, uh, what inviolable fortunes. The soldier, nothing loath, fetched him into the camp, where all day long he plied his craft with sufficient industry to earn a share of the rude supper, of which indeed he seemed in sore need. "'By Bacchus!' exclaimed one of the centurions, shrugging his shoulders. "'The Jewish dog hath either a nimble wit or a compact with the powers of the netherworld. He told me what I suppose no one save myself had ever thought of. The truth, too!' The Furies love their own, replied his comrade sententiously. But what might one expect from a Jew whose nation also is said to venerate the ass and worship the pig? Dost thou deny it, fellow? he added with a brutal laugh, seeing that the Jew had approached them and was listening. A look of malignant hatred blazed for an instant in the black eyes of the soothsayer as he turned them upon his questioner. But his voice was smooth and persuasive as ever as he answered, the noble lord is mistaken we do not worship the the other thing an involuntary shudder ran over his thin figure nor do we venerate the ass we worship but why do i speak thus it is no matter the noble lord perhaps wishes to know here he stepped quite close and whispered something into the ear of the roman by the immortals cried the soldier his face flushing hotly who told thee that the ass whom i am supposed to venerate hath perchance communicated it to thee his brother and answered the jew with a wicked laugh and i can tell thee more no by hades i will hear no more thou art a lying slave i will have thee scourged nay not so noble sir lest the furies scourge thee and the jew turned his back upon the twain the knave hath the better of thee there cried the centurion with a huge laugh who knows what he is he added with a superstitious shiver and whether he be not lately scaped from the realms of death and night the other swore softly to himself as he looked after the retreating figure of the soothsayer but he made no effort to carry out his threat the fame of this strange being spread apace, and it was not many days before he was ordered to appear in the presence of the governor himself. "'What is thy name, sirrah?' questioned Sergius Paulus, staring hard into the yellow, wizened face of the soothsayer. "'My name is Bar-Jesus, may it please your excellency,' replied the Jew, apparently unmoved by the magnificence of the official presence. Bar Jesus, Bar Jesus, repeated the Roman, looking perplexed. Where have I heard that name of late? Surely there was something strange told me concerning it. Ah, oh, yes, there was a certain prophet, a wonder-worker, bearing the name of Jesus. Art thou he? I am a prophet, verily, replied the Jew, with an inscrutable smile, and I am more— all things which have happened are known to me likewise of all that shall come to pass there is nothing hidden from my eyes the stars in their courses the flight of the mountain eagle the foot of the wild beast in the trackless desert are not more strange than are the wanderings of a soul unfettered from the body by sleep yet all these things are plain and open to me for this reason i am also called alimus which is being interpreted the wise 
"'I've heard the like before,' said the governor, leaning back in his chair with a cynical smile. "'Rome swarms with thy sort. "'If it be lies, or if it be the truth that ye tell, what after all matters it? "'There is naught that can befall a man which hath not already been experienced by myriads of his fellows, "'and the end is the same, death. "'Yet it may amuse our overabundant leisure to hear thee in thy craft at times.' Remain, therefore, and be ready when I shall call for thee. Thus it happened that the Jew, Bar-Jesus, otherwise known as Elimus, was installed a member of the proconsular household at Paphos, being in his way quite as prudent a man as Sergius Paulus. He was not slow to avail himself of the advantages of his position, having presently acquired an almost unlimited power over the slaves and lesser officials he was denied nothing in the way of the choicest meats drinks and dainties which the palace afforded in addition to this a steady stream of gold silver and copper coins for your truly wise man despises not the small things of the earth speedily found its way into his greedy palm he grew sleek and flourished apace the soft stealthy rustle of his silken robe broidered all over with strange hieroglyphs came at length to sound in the ears of the cringing menials like the dread pinions of the great reaper himself sergius paulus it was true still laughed at his pretensions but it was noticed that he was more and more often closeted with the jew and no secret was made of the fact that on more than one occasion he had conducted matters of importance according to his advice there be new arrivals in town also wise men said the groom of the bedchamber one day to the slave who had fetched the scented water for his lordship's hands of what nation jews i am told but not like the speaker paused and looked apprehensively over his shoulder one never knows he added in half a whisper when our wizard is about he is an evil spirit put in the other boldly there is no doubt of it and i will say it though i be burned a thousand years as he is wont to threaten us that thou shalt be knave said a sneering voice from behind but to discipline thy unruly tongue until the burning begin i grant thee a present wholesome torment the sorcerer laid a long skinny forefinger upon the forehead of the cringing slave the man started back with a shriek mercy good wizard he howled sinking upon his knees before his tormentor have mercy upon me i meant no harm twas but a jest i swear it out of my way dog said the jew with a terrible imprecation and he passed on into the presence of his patron leaving the slave grovelling upon the floor the governor sergius paulus was in a state of pleasurable anticipation i have sent for thy countrymen who are in our city good elimus said the great man with unwonted geniality they are saying wondrous things i am told concerning their god i am minded to hear them in an evil day thou hast sent for these men cried elimus throwing up his hands with a tragic gesture as destroyers of thy peace they come a sharp sword is betwixt their lips and the poison of asps under their tongues as thou lovest ease of body and health of bone admit not these knaves to thy presence i shall hear them of the matters whereof they speak said the governor coldly even as i heard thee when thou wast a starveling magic monger among the soldiers of my camp 
Elimus shrank back at the allusion to his former poverty, biting his nails and muttering darkly to himself. He did not speak again, and the strangers were presently shown into his presence. Sergius Paulus stared at them curiously. Jews, certainly, he said within himself. In want of money, he added cynically. Empty leeches are they all, he determined not to allow the newcomers to fasten themselves upon him. Your name and business in Cyprus, he said at length, addressing the elder of the two men. My name is Joses, replied the stranger, with a respectful inclination of the head. I am also called Barnabas. I am a Jew, born on this island, but for many years a resident in Jerusalem. I have returned to my native Cyprus in company with my comrade Saul, a Jew also, a native of Cilicia, that together we may make known the glad tidings concerning one Jesus of Nazareth. Saulos? repeated the governor with a sneering laugh. Saulos? Truly the name of thy comrade hath an evil sound, yet for a sorcerer, if such ye be. We are not sorcerers, most noble Sergius, said Saul, with the authoritative tone and gesture which compelled attention, and which was habitual with him. As for my name, Saul, it is not dear unto me. I bear also another name by which henceforth I am minded to be called, since its signification suits me who am least of them which believe. That name is Paulus. By what right dost thou assume a Roman name, fellow? said the proconsul haughtily. By right of birth, answered Saul steadily, I am a Jew, but I am also a Roman citizen. The face of the governor changed perceptibly. I will hear thee of thy matter which thou hast been expounded to the Cyprians, he said graciously. If thou art aught a Roman, thou dost not herd with such as the fellow yonder. Alimus started forward, his evil face white and threatening. The knave hath lied, he shrieked. Can I not read his heart? Silence, thundered the governor, or I have thee removed by the guard. Tell me, good Paulus, of this Jesus of Nazareth, for I have heard somewhat concerning him, and I would fain to hear more. So Saul, beginning at the beginning, preached to him, Jesus of Nazareth, son of God and son of man, slain in his innocence as a lamb, without spot or blemish, for the salvation of a lost world. And Sergius Paulus listened, leaning forward in his chair as one who is deeply stirred. A newness of life, he murmured, as the deep eloquent tones of the speaker ceased. Can it be true, then, that death does not end all? He raised his eyes thoughtfully, only to find the black snake-like gaze of Bar-Jesus riveted upon him. The Jew, who had been watching the scene in an agony of impotent rage, again thrust himself betwixt to the strangers and his erstwhile patron and believer. Wilt thou then allow thyself to be miserably deluded and led away by these hypocritical knaves? He cried in a choked voice. All that they have said is most blasphemous wickedness and lies, foul lies. I also am a Jew, and I am not ignorant concerning the scriptures and prophecies of my race. If thou wilt learn concerning the great Jehovah, cannot I teach thee, as also I have taught thee other things? Hast thou forgotten? He stooped and whispered a word or two into the word of the governor, who drew back visibly shaken. 
Then Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, set his eyes upon the man. O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. Immediately there fell upon the sorcerer a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. As for Sergius Paulus, when he saw what was done, he was astonished, and he believed from that hour. End of chapter 26